Okay, four parts uh, in my mind this, this morning. So first is to talk about the story, uh, the background of the story and the story of our first reading. Let's talk about the reason for the family's behavior, which we'll hear more about. We already heard some about, we'll hear more. Then to talk uh, and to ask maybe some good reflection questions for us this morning, and then to give some reasons for the questions. Um, so the story, the reason for their behavior, good reflection questions, and the reasons for the questions. So the story, what's the deal with the Maccabees? So the, Maccabee, the books of Maccabees, these are, are books that are found in Catholic Bibles that are not found in Protestant Bibles. So, um, so Protestant, our Protestant brothers and sisters do not think that these books are inspired by God, whereas we as Catholic Christians do believe that they're inspired by God. In, in some ways, especially for, for the purposes of this homily, that doesn't matter. Whether they're inspired or not inspired, we know that they're historical books that they tell a story of something that took place, really took place in history, um, a little less than 200 years before Jesus came onto the scene. So, so it's, uh, th that's the main thing uh, for this morning. Now, what happens is uh, there's this king that Israel is conquered. So Israel, God's country, God's land, and his family are conquered. People come in to rule them, and eventually what happens is a ruler comes in, King Antiochus Epiphanes IV. Antiochus Epiphanes IV. Every time I, I hear that name, I just think it's like this really dramatic thing. King Antiochus Epiphanes IV, right? So it's like this, this big drama unfolding. And Antiochus Epiphanes IV, he comes in and he tries to establish a set of laws that go against the Jewish laws, right? So this, this is a really important thing. For the Jewish people, they are God's people. And being God's people, God gave them a set of laws to follow so that by following them, they can maintain a good connection with God. And if they break those laws, that connection with God is broken. And so for, for the Jewish people, their like, top priority is to maintain this connection with God. And wanting to maintain the connection with God, they're going to do everything they can to keep the laws. So when Antiochus Epiphanes IV comes in and he establishes all of these counter laws that go against God's law, it's really problematic. And the Jewish people as a community, they're kind of torn. There are some people that, that go right along with what Antiochus Epiphanes IV is doing. They, they just go right along and they, they follow the new laws, such as eating pork. For other people, they feel really torn and they're not sure what to do, but because they don't want to cause any problems, they, they just kind of go along with it and they too break the law. Then there are other people that say, we don't, want to, we don't want to break God's law. And so we're going to actually rebel against this king because, not because we, we dislike the king, but because the king is trying to get us to break our communion with God. And our relationship with God is the most important thing. And so I, we can't imagine breaking the law. And so that's what happens. Uh, this family, the Maccabean family, uh, Jew, uh, they, they lead a revolt um, against the king's laws. They're trying to do everything they can to keep people from following these, these counter laws so that they can maintain their relationship with God. And that's, that's what's going on. So this guy, Judas Maccabeus, he's kind of the leader of the rebellion. So they're going around and, and they're doing everything they can to, to keep the laws. Now for us, you know, something as simple as eating pork, right? It might not seem like it's that big of a deal. But again, for the people of Israel, this was a command given directly from God. And if God speaks to us from their perspective, we got to listen. 
So now for some other guy to come in and tell us that we need to, we need to eat the food that God says we should not eat, they're kind of faced with this decision. Like, what, what are we going to do? And so they, they rebel. They say, no, we're, we're not, right? So and this, is, this is where we get our, 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 our line from our reading. This family, uh, that's not part of the Maccabean family, but they're part of the, the resistance, we could call it. Um, they're part of the group that it's not, it's not so much that they're resisting Antiochus Epiphanes IV, but it's, it's more that they're clinging to the law that God gave. So this group that is clinging to what God gave them, what, they say, what do you expect to achieve by questioning us? We're ready to die rather than transgress the laws of our ancestors. Right? They're like, we don't, we don't care what you threaten us with because, because our law that God gave to us is so important to us. And we're, that connection that we have with God is so important that you can throw whatever you want at us. There's nothing you can do that's going to make us break the law. And so the, the story, we only got a, a part of uh, 2 Maccabees chapter 7. We only got a part of that this morning. Uh, in fact, I encourage you to, to go home and look it up. And, and if in looking in your Bible, the table of contents, you, you don't see First and Second Maccabees. It just means you don't have a Catholic Bible. And you can either look it up online or you can buy a Catholic Bible uh, and, and read it for yourself. But it's a really, it's a, I find it to be a really encouraging story. I know some people, and this is going to be part of our reflection questions, some people might not find it to be that encouraging. Uh, but I find it to be really encouraging. So, so the king is threatening them with all this torture, with, with all these things. And I won't go into all the gory details because they're, they're pretty gory in some places. Uh, but nonetheless, one by one, they bring in each son. This lady has seven sons, one by one, with her watching, and they torture the children. They torture them and say, just eat the food. And they're like, no, we won't do it. We won't. And, like, and this is one of the beautiful things, right? Uh, uh, the king of this world will raise, up, raise us up again. Okay, and then what happens? The, sir, the third suffered the, the sport. He put out his tongue at once when told to do so, right? They're like, we're going to cut off your tongue if you don't eat the meat. Immediately, his tongue goes out. Cut it off. That's fine. We're going to cut off your hands if you don't eat the meat. Take them. Right? One by one by one. And then it finally it gets to the last one. And, and the author of 2 Maccabees says this, The mother was especially admirable and worthy of honorable memory. Though she saw her seven sons perish within a single day, she bore it with good courage because of her hope in the Lord. At one point, uh, they, they talk to the mother and they say, Look, you've gone through a lot. You don't want to see your last son die. Why don't you just talk to him and convince him to eat the food? And the mother, she, she draws her son close and she whispers to him. Uh, what, is, what does she say? Um, she says, I do not know how you came into being in my womb. It was not I who gave you life and breath, nor I who set in order the elements within each of you. Therefore, the creator of the world who shaped the beginning of man and devised the origin of all things will in his mercy give life and breath back to you again, since you now forget yourselves for the sake of his laws. I beseech you, my child, to look at the heaven and the earth and see everything that is in them and recognize that God did not make them out of things that existed. Thus also mankind comes into being. Do not fear this butcher, but prove worthy of your brothers. Accept death so that in God's mercy, I may get you back again with your brothers. The mother, right? She's like, don't let me down. Your brothers, they didn't let me down. They, they clung to the law of God. And you, my last son, be worthy of your brothers. Be worthy of the law that God gave. 
And the really cool thing is right after this, it says, while she was still speaking, the young man said, what are you waiting for? I will not obey the king's command, but I obey the command of the law that was given to our fathers through Moses. So he's saying like, I, I don't need my mom to tell me that, that I, I need to cling to the laws of God. But instead, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever you throw at me. And so they, they kill him. And then finally, they kill the mother. So that's, that's, the, that's the story. Now, we got to ask ourselves this question, right? What's the deal? Like, why, why is this family, like, why are they behaving in such a way? Why are they so, some people might say stubborn. Some people might say strong-willed. Some people might just say, why are they so set on following God's laws? What is it that makes them want to cling to this? And the answer is found in our reading, actually. Uh, it, it talks about this, right? The king of this world will raise us up to live again forever. It is for his laws that we are dying, right? And again, when, when he was offering his, his, his hands, right? It was from heaven that I received these. For the sake of his laws, I disdain them. From him, I hope to receive them again, right? The reason, the reason that they're doing all of this, that they're willing to suffer, that they're willing to die for the sake of clinging to God's laws is because they believe in the resurrection of the body. They believe at the end of all things, God is going to raise them up so that they actually come to life again with flesh and spirit. That's the reason for all of this. And so for them, right, you remember during my, my first few weeks here, I brought out this really long rope right? And it had just a little bit of tape on it that represented our lives here on earth. But then after we die on earth, we as Christians believe this. And these, the Maccabeans believe this, that the people of this time believe this, that after death on earth, there is, our existence continues on and on and on and on. And what we believe as Christians is that the existence that's going to continue on and on and on is going to include a resurrection of our bodies, and so for these, for these people, this family, they, they say, I don't care if my body suffers. I don't care if I endure mockery or persecution during this part of my life because I see things in the end that there's going to come a time where there is no more death. There is no more suffering and there is no more persecution. And that's what I'm living for is I'm living for the resurrection of the body. That ultimately, we as Christians believe this, they didn't know this at the time, but we as Christians believe this, that we're ultimately following in the pattern of Jesus himself, who suffered incredibly in his body. And yet then what happens? He rises from the dead with his body. We as Christians believe that this is our future if we cling to the laws of Jesus. And this family saw this, even though they didn't even see the fullness of this in Jesus. So now, we, I, th I think we have to ask ourselves some reflection questions. What do you think of all this? Do you believe that after you die, there is another life? And that other life will include the resurrection of your body. And so therefore, do you believe that any suffering you endure during this part of your life doesn't compare with the glory that is to come. And do you believe, what does, this say, what does the, one of the sons say at the end of our reading? But for you, there will be no resurrection to life. Do you believe that there are people who don't go to heaven? 
And that if there are people that don't go to heaven, why do they not go? Because they're not clinging to the laws of God. Do you believe that? I understand if if we might struggle with this. But I think if we don't believe this, then you have to know that you're not following what the Bible teaches. If you don't believe this, it's something for you to wrestle with, absolutely. But if you don't believe it, realize that your belief is not a Christian belief. But Jesus teaches very clearly, the Bible teaches very clearly that there are actually many people that don't go to heaven because they oppose the laws of God. And so that just sort of brings us to our next reflection question. Are you clinging to the laws of God? Are you clinging to this relationship with Jesus, even if it means that you have to suffer persecution? Even if it means that you have to suffer bodily pain sometimes, or if you have to suffer in in like a real way that, that sometimes the laws of God demands that we make changes in our lives. But because you're clinging to the hope of the resurrection, you're clinging to this, your one thought is, I can't imagine letting go of the laws of God. I can't imagine. And so in some ways, I have to sort of admit, it's okay if I suffer because of my belief in Jesus. It's okay if people mock me and make fun of me. Because because this is what Jesus experienced. Our, our gospel passage, I'm not, I'm not going to talk that much about it, but notice it's the Sadducees who it says what? Those who deny that there is a resurrection. The Sadducees deny there's a resurrection, and then they ask Jesus a question about the resurrection. And it's a, it's a silly, ridiculous example. What are they doing? They're mocking him. They're mocking Jesus, and we who are following Jesus, what does that mean? It means if we're following him, then we're going to experience the same things that he experienced. So if Jesus was mocked, that means that if we're clinging to him, this relationship, that we too will be mocked. And so in fact, in some ways in my life, if I'm not being persecuted, whether outright directly or sometimes just indirectly, if I'm not being persecuted, that means maybe I'm not actually following Jesus as closely as I could be. Is that that my life right now? Is your life that's willing to be mocked and persecuted for the sake of clinging to the resurrection of the life, the hope that is to come? Now, a really, a really practical question just to think about. What would you do if our government made it illegal to practice Christianity? What would you do if they came out with laws that demanded that we break the laws of the Catholic Church? Would you be willing to rebel? Now, we're not at that point in our government. But I think we're, we're fooling ourselves if we don't look at the world and see that things might be going in that direction. It doesn't need to be a political thing. But just look at the world and see how, and I was thinking about this, and this is maybe the reasons for these reflection questions. I was thinking about this. There are some things as a priest that I'm afraid to preach about 
Not because I'm afraid that the government is going to find out about it and persecute me, but because I'm afraid of your response. There's some things as a priest that I want to preach about in this because I see the world going a certain direction and it's not going the direction of this. And, and yet, when I think about preaching those things, I get nervous. There's some things that, that we teach as Catholic Christians that if I was really firm about them, I know people would leave. They'd go find something else or they would just leave altogether. And I don't, like, I, don't, I don't know you all well enough to know what you're thinking right now, but I know for a fact that there are some people sitting in this church right now who are just saying, Father, you better not talk about this thing. You better not talk about that thing. Father, if you ever approach me about this, I'm ready. I'm ready for an argument. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about those things right now because I'm scared. But I'm, I'm just aware of that. And I, you need to be aware of that. And you need to be aware that if you're part of someone, part of the, the movement that, that is going further and further away from gospel values and gospel truths, that you're not following Jesus. And if you're not following Jesus, then ultimately you have to hear the same thing that the king heard. For you, there will be no resurrection to life. My brothers and sisters, this isn't, this isn't the kind of thing that I want to scare you to hell. But it is the kind of thing that maybe, maybe, I want to ask you to and open your eyes and just simply ask the question, is there any area of my life that I'm closed off to what the church teaches, to what the Bible teaches? Are there any areas in my life that I'm just unwilling to listen? I'm unwilling to change my mind? Because sometimes we do have to talk about the difficult things. Sometimes we do have to talk about the basics even. And if we don't believe in the basics and if we aren't willing to change our minds, to cling to the laws of God, then that's just a really sad day. And so I think for us, just to spend some time reflecting on this, where am I at in my relationship with the church? Where am I at in my relationship with Jesus? Where am I at in my, like, what am I clinging to? Am I clinging to my ideas and things of this world, or am I clinging to the laws of God, even to the point of having to make real sacrifices, even maybe to the point of someday being willing to sacrifice my life?